Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wonder and Learn podcast. My name is Ronnie and I'm a homeschool mum of four children from the southwest of England. Each week we will be discovering more about how children learn and develop so that we can create an environment that lights up their minds, sparks their imaginations and enhances learning. I hope this podcast will inspire you to bring wonder and joy into your child's education. This week, I'm going to be talking to you about how and why our children should study nature, why you should bring nature study into your homeschool. And even if you don't homeschool, you can still benefit from getting outdoors and being in nature and connecting with nature with your children. So over the last few decades, childhood has really changed. It was not so long ago that children spent much of their time outdoors and a lot of it was unsupervised. But in a single generation, the area surrounding their home in which children are allowed to play unsupervised has decreased by 90%. It is recommended that children should spend 60 minutes outdoors every day, yet only one third of children in the UK aged 5 to 15 are achieving this. Furthermore, Charlotte Mason, a Victorian educator and homeschool advocate, famously prescribed four to six hours of outdoor time for children each day. Now, I think we can all agree that that can be pretty impossible a lot of the time, but at least it can provide some motivation for us to get outdoors with our children. It is interesting to note that despite the lack of outdoor time children are getting, most parents believe that it is important. So there was a survey done in America and they found out that 82% of American parents think daily outdoor play is important, second only to reading. So if parents think it's so important, why aren't they providing their children with the necessary opportunities to play out and learn outdoors? Well, Firstly, it is schools. Schools just decrease the amount of time that children can spend outdoors in nature. Firstly, school break times have decreased over the past few decades. And this means that children are spending less time outdoors and more time stuck in a classroom. Not only that, um, some, as we heard from Sue Palmer, my um, guest on last week's episode, some schools are even being built without playgrounds. I mean, that is just absolutely crazy, isn't it? How can you build a school without a playground? I don't quite understand it. But, you know, if that is happening, it definitely needs to change. Secondly, parents are busy. They just don't have time sometimes to take their children outdoors. We live in a busy in busy times where everyone has schedules that are packed to bursting. Even children, they have all of those extracurricular activities. They come back from school. They have to eat. They have to do their homework. They do the extracurricular activities. And sometimes they just don't have time for that free play outdoors. But, you know... You could change that by getting them involved in some after school activities which are taking place outdoors, um, mostly sports. Thirdly, parents are scared to let their children play out unsupervised because of the perceived dangers. However, what's interesting is that it has not become less safe actually for children to play outside. It is no less safe than it was 50 years ago. However, we are now more aware of the dangers thanks to the news and social media. And finally, 
screens. These definitely have a lot to answer for in the demise of a natural childhood. Not only do they steal time away that could be better spent outdoors, they also lead to other problems such as difficulties concentrating and poor speech and language development. Screen time, I think, is one of the biggest things that's responsible for the increase of speech and language difficulties within young children. So we know that it's really important for children to spend time outdoors. And in his book, How to Raise a Wild Child, Scott D. Sampson actually said, if children are to grow into healthy, well-adjusted adults, nature needs to be integral to their daily lives. So fostering a deep connection with the natural world is essential, not only for instilling a love for our planet, but also in order for children to learn physical cognitive and social skills and so many more things. This connection can begin from birth. Even very young babies can be taken outdoors to experience a sensory delight. When we think about the benefits of being outdoors, there are health benefits, improved physical fitness, less sickness, better vision. People who spend time outdoors are less stressed they're less aggressive. It also increases emotional resilience and people are happier. A recent National Trust survey found that 80% of the happiest people in the UK had a strong connection with nature, whereas less than 40% of the unhappiest people did. Now, what I really want to focus on in this podcast is the educational benefits of nature study and outdoor play. Outdoor play and learning can actually improve the way children learn, both formally and informally. Outdoor learning gives them direct experience of the subject. It gives them that practical experience. They can see it in front of their eyes in real life, not through a screen, not through a book. And this just makes it more interesting, enhances their understanding. Furthermore, it enables them to develop vital connections with the outside world which are so important if we want to raise children that want to protect nature. There are so many essential skills that children can learn from being outdoors, so let's explore these now. Firstly, assessing risks. Children are losing the ability to assess and take risks because they're not given the opportunities. Taking risks is so important for development. After all, without taking risks, a child would not be able to learn to walk or to swim. They would not learn a variety of necessary skills. Furthermore, children who don't take risks may turn into adults who don't take risks. And this can have a devastating effect on the economy and innovations. So without taking risks, scientists would not experiment and discover there would be no new innovations, no great art, no great literature or music. Can we really afford to live in a world without risk takers? In forest schools across the world, studies show that children have fewer accidents and are better at assessing risks. Outdoor plays enables children to determine when they are ready to take risks and how much of a risk they're willing to take. All of those experiences like climbing trees, learning how to cross a river, all of these things will develop the skills that children need to be able to assess and take risks. Another thing that children learn from spending time outdoors is life skills. So many life skills can be acquired out of doors, often the kinds of skills that are neglected at school. Learning to grow your own fruit and vegetables is an excellent skill to acquire, as is the ability to forage for free food. 
Being able to predict the weather using natural signs can be useful in helping you plan your day. Being able to light a fire or build a den could be useful survival skills to have. And these are the kind of things that children need to be learning out in nature. They're practical skills that are so beneficial if children are able to learn them. One of the reasons that nature enhances creativity is due to the number of loose parts available to children to use in their play. And when I talk about loose parts, I'm talking about things like sticks and stones and snail shells and grass and leaves, all those things, all those little things that children can go outdoors and collect together and use in creative ways. They can learn from them, you know, get a couple of sticks and count them and suddenly you can start to add and subtract and multiply. All of these things children can be doing naturally in play. It's just an amazing way for children to learn. So when children are outdoors, it really can increase their knowledge and understanding. Today's generation of children are growing up with less direct learning experiences. They are less likely to be doing those hands-on activities in the garden, shed, fields and woods, and more likely to be learning indirectly through new technologies or stuck inside at desks, at a table. They're really losing that ability to be doing those practical things, things with their hands, things that enable their bodies to move around. The thing about being outside in a natural setting is that the possibilities for new discoveries are limitless. There are so many different plants, animals, landscapes to explore. You can look at the relationships between each thing in each ecosystem and discover the way they are connected and how they work together. Discover which plants are edible and which are not. Look out for natural signs that the weather will change. Learn bird language and see if you can understand what the various calls mean. Experiment with water or use natural materials to build your own inventions. The possibilities are endless. A professor of education at Harvard University, Howard Gardner, he actually proposed the theory of multiple intelligences in 1983, and he described seven intelligences that accounted for a broader range of skills than IQ tests screen for. These intelligences are linguistic, logical, mathematical, spatial, bodily kinesthetic, musical, interpersonal and intrapersonal. However, recently he added an eighth intelligence, naturalistic intelligence, and he said the core of the naturalistic intelligence is the human ability to recognise plants, animals and other parts of the natural environment like clouds or rocks. Now another professor named Leslie Owen Wilson lists 10 traits that children with naturalistic intelligence display. Number one, they have keen sensory skills. Number two, they readily use heightened sensory skills to notice and categorise things from the natural world. Number three, they like to be outside or like outside activities. Number four, they easily notice patterns from their surroundings. Number five, they are interested in and care about plants and animals. Number six, they notice things in the environment others often miss. Number seven, they create, keep or have collections, 
scrapbooks, logs or journals about natural objects. These may include written observations, drawings, pictures and photographs or specimens. Number eight, they are very interested from an early age in television shows, books or objects from or about nature, science or animals. Number nine, they show heightened awareness of and concern for the environment and or endangered species. And finally, number 10, they easily learn characteristics, names, categorizations, and data about objects or species in the natural world. Now, as you can see, there are some great skills there. And if children spend time outdoors, they are going to develop that naturalistic intelligence that is going to benefit them throughout their lives. There are also many cognitive benefits that children can acquire when they spend time outdoors. Um, so children who spend more time outdoors, they've been shown to have increased attention. And this is because getting out in nature and experiencing it directly using all of the senses improves attention due to the fact that paying attention is easier when you're actively doing an activity rather than simply considering it. And studies have also suggested that nature may be useful as a therapy for children with ADHD. Even greenery, even looking at greenery through a window can actually make a difference by reducing attention deficit symptoms. And studies have also started to show that children with autism also benefit from spending time outdoors. Connecting with nature also improves a child's self-discipline, reasoning and observation skills. And children who spend more time outside do better in reading, writing, maths, science and social studies. The child psychologist Eric Sigmund actually called this the countryside effect. Something that I think a lot about as a speech and language therapist is how nature and being outdoors can improve communication skills. So being out in nature can foster communication skills in a number of ways. Firstly, time spent outdoors can improve listening skills. Nature sounds are calm and restorative. They activate the auditory centre of the brain and quieter outdoor environments will actually help young children to distinguish between foreground and background noise. And attention skills are really the first skills, the fundamental skills that children need to learn before they're able to understand and acquire language. So attention skills are so crucial to language development. It can also help children to find their voice because they do not have so much restriction on volume and do not have so much pressure to talk in front of others. When children are out and about, they are able to meet a wide range of people and learn to interact with them, combating shyness. Interacting with neighbours helps to build a community which will be beneficial to everyone. Getting children outdoors, it also helps with teamwork. It provides opportunities for children to play and interact with others. Through playing such activities as den building, bug hunting, children will get lots of opportunities to work together as a team. They may be the one to take on a leadership role and give the others jobs to do or lead a mini expedition. They will need to learn to work together, take turns and help each other. And as somebody who runs a nature group every single week, for a group of home educated children, I can see that happening all of the time. They're always working together, they're helping each other, they're developing things, they're using their creativity. It is just amazing to watch. 
How did I get into nature study? Well, really, I owe it all to homeschooling. I know if I wasn't homeschooling, I would not be into it. But I'm so blessed that I started to homeschool my children and I discovered the most amazing nature curriculum. It is called Exploring Nature with Children. It is by a wonderful lady called Lynn Seddon. Um, And I've met her in person. She's absolutely wonderful. But she created this amazing curriculum for homeschoolers where we study nature throughout the year. So each week there is a different nature topic to study um, and it can be anything from mini bees, butterflies, um, caterpillars, seeds, the harvest moon, pond studies, the weather, pumpkins. There are just so many things that we study as part of this curriculum. So each week is a different topic and then during the week there are different activities you can do. There's some scientific information about that topic there's a picture study there's a poem to read each week it is just amazing you can literally just use that as your curriculum and learn everything do english math science everything just about nature so in one of the first years that i homeschooled my kids we discovered this curriculum and we literally did it through the whole year i think i had recently had my third child so i had a baby and it made my life so much easier you know not having to think about planning it was just so easy i didn't have to think about it so i just followed this curriculum over the whole year we did every single week and it was just fabulous and it just changed our lives forever because ever since then we've just been completely obsessed with spending time in nature nature study the children absolutely love nature and this is one of the best things it instills a love of nature in your children and this is what we want for our kids we want them to love nature and then when they're older it's just fabulous i'm going to put a link to information about it i did write a blog post all about the reasons to use exploring nature with children in your homeschool so if you are a homeschooler please do check that out because i think you will absolutely love it too i'll put all of the links to the curriculum exploring nature with children there's also um, some short unit study type things for um, harvest season there's a summer one as well there's also a homeschool planner which is also really useful. And there's a phonology wheel guide. Um, So if you're new to nature study, I would say it's an absolutely brilliant investment because not only is it really cheap, um, I think anyway, it's also amazing because you can use it with all of your kids and you can use it over and over again. Once you've done it through for one year, you can go back and start at the beginning of the year again and just carry on using it throughout your, the whole of your homeschool time. It is amazing. Definitely something that I would recommend. So what I did is when I started the nature group um, about four years ago now, so I think it was after I used um, Exploring Nature with Children for a year or two, I actually set up my own nature group and this was because I just wanted to find like-minded people so if you can't find your homeschool community like-minded people I definitely would recommend starting up a group so what we did is for the first couple of years we actually use exploring nature with children so I would recommend it for using as a group as well it's just absolutely fabulous you might like to find your own nature spot a place that you can go to regularly to get in touch with nature the great thing about going to the same spot 
often is that you get to observe the changing seasons. You start at the beginning of the year with the grass and the leafless trees and you'll notice as the first flowers begin to pop up, the snowdrops and primroses in late January or February, nettles in March, daisies and buttercups in April, ladies smock, then bluebells, red campion, herb, herb robert, lesser celandine, the list goes on. You'll see those changes in wildlife too. Caterpillars, butterflies, ladybirds, different species of birds you'll feel connected to it because you're noticing it as an observer you're becoming part of it because you're there to witness it nature journey is a lovely way to study nature using art and observation skills so nature journaling is something that charlotte mason the british educator who wrote many books and articles on home education she actually said that if we give our children regular opportunities to get in touch with nature a habit is formed that will be a source of delight throughout their lives not only does she believe in the benefits of nature and nature journaling she actually opened a school up in ambleside in the lake district and she used to take her student outdoors daily to study nature and one of the things that they used to do is nature journaling so what that is is pencil ink colored pencils whatever you fancy it's really interesting nature journaling because it really heightens observation skills it allows you to slow down and analyze something in great detail and you will spot things that you would otherwise miss you start to look at the colors the shapes the textures in detail and experiment with techniques in your artwork as well Have a look and count the petals on the flower. Have a look at the shapes of the leaves. There's so many things that you will pick up on when you start to slow down and observe it. Now, as children get a little bit older as well, they can start writing in their nature journal too. So they can find out some facts about the flower or the animal that they've drawn and they can write that in. They can note that down in their nature journal. The Nature Journal is something that is so fabulous to look back on. And I have actually been to the Lake District, to um, to the Armit Museum, actually, where there's quite a lot of collections of Charlotte Mason's books and nature journals from her students. And they are just so fabulous to look through. The amount of detail, the attention to detail, the notes that they took. It's so inspiring how her students were able able to nature journal. And it's definitely something that you will enjoy doing with your kids. Encourage them. Doing it with them will encourage them as well. It gives you a little bit of time out. It actually, I find that it's really relieves my stress as well. It really relaxes me. And I don't do it as often as I should, but I do love it. So I think it's always useful as well. It's always helpful to get your child to draw something that interests them. Don't just be prescriptive and say, look, we have to draw this today. See what catches their eye when they get out and about. And once they pick something, ask them to observe it in detail using all of their senses. And after having done this for a few minutes, ask them to draw it. Drawing is a great learning activity because it actually engages a different part of the brain and it also enhances memory. So when you are putting a record into your nature diary, your nature journal, it's a really good idea to note the date that you see it, what you see, where you've seen it, and anything else that you want to note down. Another thing that I've been doing this year, which is absolutely fabulous and it has made me learn so much, is keeping a diary of firsts. This is also something that Charlotte Mason did with her students and I have to say that I don't really know why I haven't done it before this year because it is just the single most important thing that has increased my knowledge 
of being able to name wild plants and wild animals is really this diarrhea first because you get a normal diary and you start at January and the first time that you see something throughout the year, you know, the first snowdrop, the first bluebell, you would write it down next to the date when you have seen it. And you can also use this as a nature journal as well and you can paint or draw some of the things that you as you see them. But it has helped me so, so much to become acquainted with the names of wildflowers because every time I see a wildflower that I haven't seen yet, every time I see a new one appear, I will go and ID it. And it has just been incredible, the amount of wildflower names I've learned this year just by doing a diary of first. So if this is something that you're interested in, if you want to know more about the wildflowers and be able to name them, I would highly recommend doing a diary of first. It's been absolutely brilliant for me this year. Now, when we take our kids outdoors, it's really important to be a good nature mentor. So you demonstrate the value of nature through your own actions. You observe the scenery and the wildlife when you go out and about. Talk to your children about what you notice as well. Your children will pick up on your behaviour and do the same. So if they're quite reluctant at first, you have to model that behaviour to them. You go outdoors you get interested in things. You say, hey, look what I found here. Um, I really like the way this leaf is shaped. I really like the colour of this flower. Start to tell your children, talk to them about what you are noticing, and then hopefully they're going to start noticing things too. Make sure to ask your children lots of questions about what they are observing, rather than jumping straight in with the answers. Children often know a lot more than they than you think they do. And also they once they are asked questions they will be able to think critically and deeply about the question and perhaps come up with the answer themselves if you've just started doing this it's really good to start with some easier questions and then gradually ask more difficult ones so that you can really stretch their minds and get them thinking um honestly you will be surprised how much they can figure out on their own so for example i was on a walk recently a nature walk recently with my children and um, my son got some seeds stuck stuck to him. You know those little seeds with the hooks on and they get stuck in your clothing and they can be a bit irritating to be honest, can't they, when you get so many stuck to you and you can't get them off. But my son said to me, why is this stuck to me? And I said to him, why do you think it's stuck to you? Why do you think it needs to be shaped and made in a way that allows it to stick to your clothing? And, you know, through a little bit of thought, he was able to come up with the fact that, you know, that's the seeds transport mechanism. It will ha it will attach onto a person's clothes. It will attach onto the animal's fur and then they will move away from that area and the seed will get dropped. That is that seed's method of dispersal. So just by asking him that question, I didn't jump in there and tell him the answer. I said, you know, what do you think about that? Why do you think this seed might be sticking to you? He was able to then think and come up with the answer himself. And, you know, we spend a lot of time outdoors, especially at the moment. It's actually um, summertime right now in, in the UK. And the weather has just finally become warm enough to spend quite a lot of time outdoors doing our learning so we can go out right in the morning with our workbooks we often do this when the weather's nice we will take all of our books our parlor books and we will go out and sit in the garden and just read lounging around outside maybe the children will do a bit of jumping on the trampoline maybe they'll just lie on the picnic blanket it's such a beautiful way to spend time isn't it just lying outside and reading I absolutely love reading outside 
So after you've done a bit of reading, you can see if there's any activities, any experiments that can enhance your learning. See if there's any practical activities as well that you can do outside that will enhance learning. Books are something that we use a lot in our homeschool. There are so many wonderful educational books and resources that will help you and your child learn more about nature. I quite often share um, the books and the things that I found helpful on my Instagram account, usually in my stories. So if you're looking for some resources and books, then please do check out my Instagram stories. My account is at Multicultural Motherhood because I often talk about the things that we're using in my stories. I do think that one of the best ways to capture a child's interest in the natural world is through stories. Animal stories in particular are great at fostering a sense of empathy with other creatures. However, we do know that storybooks which feature nature and nature-based settings are on the decline. And research has shown a gradual decline in nature-related storybooks over the last 70 years. And this means that modern literature is no longer connecting children with nature as it has done previously. This means that you may have to seek out older books as well as tales of indigenous people from your locality. It gives you nature activity ideas for every single day of the year. So if you are feeling stuck on things to do outside, getting a book like that can really help you. But you know, books are not the only way to find out more about nature. We can use nature related media as well. And while screen time is not recommended for the very young, older children can benefit from the wealth of information out there on nature related educational sites or in documentaries. And lots of these can be found on YouTube or Netflix as well. However, my children's favourite has to be David Attenborough documentaries. They absolutely love them. Every time he has a new documentary series out, they love watching them. And we often do go back and look at previous um, series as well. It's something that they just never get tired of and they can actually watch it them on repeat. They love to watch them over and over again. It has really helped nurture a love of nature in my children. So that brings me to the end of this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's encouraged you to get out and about. I hope you now understand how important it is for children to be spending time outdoors. It's just so, so, so crucial for their development. They benefit so much, you know, the health benefits, the educational benefits. They learn to love nature, which then encourages them to protect nature as they get older. It's just so crucial that we get our children in touch with nature. I've also given you some tips on how to get started. So I hope you are able to take some of those ideas and run with them. And I hope you enjoy them with your children. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave some feedback because it just helps other families like yours find the podcast and benefit from it too. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Wonder and Learn podcast.